Thank you, Katie, for sharing your story with us. And uh, isn't it good? Isn't it good to hear these? And um, just in case you haven't noticed, uh, as a community, we are really trying to recapture uh, that ancient form of storytelling that we have lost as a culture, right? Um, Things are moving so fast around us. There's so much to do. Um, But what does it mean to actually reclaim that beautiful form of storytelling where we are able to, yeah, just talk about our lives, talk about the things that uh, are happening, the things that have happened, the questions we have moving forward. I loved hearing Katie say, there's still so many questions I have, right? How many of us are there? There's still so many questions I have, right? So many more questions than answers. Um, Not only reclaiming the ancient form of storytelling mosaic, but reclaiming the art form of actually being able to sit and listen and tend to another person's story. That's, that's difficult, right? Um, you know, we, we come showing up and like, man, I mean, I found myself there many times where you start listening to someone's story and the more um, I've become aware of this in my own life, even in the midst of a 15-minute story that someone's telling, I can find my mind going to all kinds of rabbit trails. Um, the van tire that my wife went out to this morning, and it's flat in our garage, you know? And here Katie is sharing her story, and already I can catch my mind going to, all right, tomorrow morning i got to get that thing in. How's that going to work in the midst of the day? Um, it's like, no, stop. How do, we, how do we reclaim that art form of being able to really sit and tend and listen to someone's story? We want to be about that here at Mosaic. And um, here's the deal, guys. Um, tending the work of the kingdom of God Um, Although we would oftentimes prefer kind of like these dramatic gestures that, you know, the kingdom of God would move in these big dramatic kind of ways, um, tending the the work of God, I've noticed, often happens in just kind of these small incremental ways, right? Just being patient, listening. So here here would be a big win for Mosaic in the coming months. Okay, as you listen to these stories that we're sharing in these coming weeks, Mosaic, our stories, our practices, here's something that we want to invite you to practice this fall. Consider three people that maybe as you look around Mosaic, you're like, I I don't know that person's story. Maybe we've had a conversation, maybe I've talked with them in a small group kind of, you know, after a worship gathering, but I don't really know them. What would it look like for each of us in here this fall to take the step and say, I'm going to step out on a limb and just say, hey, could we get together? I would love to be able to hear about your story, about your life. And maybe even I could share a little of mine, right? I mean, if all of us did that this fall, um, think of just what could happen as we continue to unite ourselves um, in this movement before us. If, if you weren't here last week, I had shared um, the reason we're starting the series Mosaic, Our Stories, Our Practices, is because last summer, um, when it was clear that God was calling my family and I to come here to Lincoln, we were sitting in Mike and Allison Chaplin's living room. And Mike, who 
is on our directional team, as we were talking about the future, Mike simply said, I don't ever want Mosaic to be a place where stories don't just keep on popping up, you know, where like God is freed up to do his work. Like something's missing at Mosaic if, if, we, if we start missing the opportunity for stories to develop and for those stories to be heard and those stories to be celebrated. Um, so listening to Katie share in the midst of her story, um, she said this. She said, what, what this story means for me, I, I don't really know right now. Um, the trip changed my perspective I'm still processing. Um, all of this is still unfolding. Now, Mosaic, one of the reasons we have these stories being shared for us is because we, like Bill said, we identify with these stories, right? How many of us are there? There's something happening right now in the midst of our lives, and maybe it's difficult to understand. Uh, it's difficult to go through, and we're still processing it. This thing is still unfolding, so together as a community, every time we gather, we're celebrating the fact that, like, Jesus, you are Lord over all of these stories. And though there's a lot of questions, there's a lot that we're processing, there's a lot that needs to be unfolded, none of us are alone in this. But Jesus, you are Lord over this, and so we're just going to give time and give space for this story to continue to unfold, for the processing to happen. Katie's specifically talking about... Um, her adoption, she also said, that's what God wants for all of us, to be part of a family, in, in particular, to be part of his family, to be part of his family. Um, I love that. And so here we are, Mosaic, together, uh, a part of God's family. Um, let's take the initiative, even this fall, consider maybe a few people Maybe start with one here in this, this next month of September. I'm going to get together with one person and just tend to that ancient form of storytelling, story listening, just to, just to step into that. Mosaic, to be a part of God's family um, is to open ourselves to be moved from one place into another for God to teach us a new way of being human. God is continually moving us from one place into another, teaching us a new way to be human. I, I celebrate Mosaic's bold spirit, um, the many courageous stories that I know I encounter as I see many of your faces walk in here on a Sunday morning, um, because you continue to move forward in what God has for you. Um, and together, as a church, we're also asking then, what does this mean for us as a church moving forward, going from one place into another, leaving one chapter of Mosaic, heading into the next chapter? And so we said we're going to be asking four questions in the coming weeks. And the goal of asking these questions is then ultimately that we could get to a place by asking these questions um, that together we might be able to say, you know what, yes, Mosaic is my place. That when we probably get right around to the beginning of October... We want to say, hey, here's the answer to these four questions. And would you now come and join us on the journey ahead of us in this next chapter of Mosaic? Those four questions are this. Who are we? What is our identity here at Mosaic? Second question, why are we here? 
So what's, what's our purpose? Why are we here living that identity out? Third question, so what, what are we hoping to accomplish as we move forward into this next chapter? What's the mission before us? And then finally, how will we do that? How will we do that? What's the vision? Mosaic, this morning, as we answer the question, who are we? What's our identity? Um, we want to bring this phrase before you. Here at Mosaic, we are a community following Jesus in practicing rhythms of grace. Now, there's a lot that we're going to unpack as far as then, okay, so, so why do we do that? Um, how do we do that? What do we hope to accomplish? But starting there, Mosaic is a community following Jesus and practicing rhythms of grace that we believe Jesus has come and said, hey, this is what it means to be human. This is what it means to be in a relationship with God. This is what it means to walk with others. This is what it means to be a part of this whole story that's happening around us. And Jesus, in particular, practiced rhythms of grace at a time um, when the culture around him was actually quite graceless. Now, thankfully, things have changed, and we don't have to deal with graceless people around us anymore, right? Ha, ha, ha. What, I, what I'd like to do is unpack a little bit of how Jesus stepping into really a, a graceless kind of culture, and he displayed a completely different set of practices. In these practices, what they did is they, they made space. They made space for, for God's grace to work. You know, you, some of you, you, like me, you've been around churches long enough, and you're like, man, the church sometimes does a really good job of getting in the way of what God wants to do, right? And I know that's the reason why a lot of us are here at Mosaic. It's like we've been a part of environments where it's like, no, I don't want to get in the way of what God wants to do. I want to clear space. And let God do his good work. And there's a lot of questions that come as to how we do that, you know, or are, are we allowed to do that? Are we allowed to clear this space? Because it seems like God wants to work here. Um, there's a lot of processing. There's a lot of unfolding that needs to happen, but we're not afraid to step into that story. So Jesus stepping into kind of a graceless culture around him, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. We began to unpack this a little bit last week that um, there is a yoke of heaven that um, even before the time of Jesus, Jews had talked about this practice of taking on the yoke of heaven, and the yoke is continually pulling us into the stuff of earth, the dirt of earth, right? The, the dirty places where the work needs to be done, where there's a lot of questions, where there's still a lot of unfolding that needs to happen, a lot of processing that needs to take place. Jesus steps in and he says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus speaks these words in the midst of a, of a pretty graceless culture that he found himself in. Um, I always hate speaking in labels. 
Um, I always feel like labels and kind of defining people with labels is kind of a almost a form of violence that we do to each other because sometimes it's just easier to label somebody than really get to know their story. You know what I mean? Um, all that liberal, all that conservative, all that this, that, you know. And it's, like, it's, and it's almost just kind of a violent way that we treat each other. Um, but yet at the same time, as I say that, let me talk about some labels. Um, it's helpful in bringing understanding sometimes. Jesus steps into this culture that, that really had kind of closed down. I mean, the work of God was just really kind of halted for really some centuries leading up to Jesus showing up on the scene. And in particular, there was kind of four people groups, especially when it came to religious people, um, that had kind of really kind of clouded the environment, just taken up the space. So God was kind of, you know, the work of God wasn't being tended to. One of the people groups um, was a group known as the Pharisees. And so the Pharisees prided themselves as people who not only knew God's law, they were very knowledgeable in the Jewish scriptures, very knowledgeable in kind of the, the laws, but then they had developed on top of the laws, all of these interpretations of the laws. And then interpretations on top of interpretations on top of interpretations. And then what you had is you had different rabbis who would then teach these various forms of interpretations. And so now what you have is you know, all of these kind of Pharisees calling out to people and saying, hey, God wants to work, but let me tell you, this is how God's going to work. And if you want to be a part of God's work, you have to join it in this kind of way. It has to look like this in your life. And so not only is there all these laws, but there's these interpretations on top of laws and interpretations on top of those interpretations. And it was like, whoa. Um, and some of us here, you realize like when you think about the experience that you have before you, the story that's happened. Some of you have kind of maybe um, come through some of those communities where there's been kind of interpretations on top of interpretations, but then you, you're, you're experiencing stories around you. And you're like, wait a minute, how do I honor these experiences? But these experiences seem to make me question some of the interpretations on top of interpretations that I've heard. And it can feel like the ground beneath you is getting a little shaky when you get to that point, right? You know what I mean, some of you? Like, you were kind of in a box where it's like, I I thought God worked this way. I thought God had to work this way. But then as you encounter stories around you, encounter your own story, you feel like that box begins to kind of get a little shaky. Um, And some of us, you know, that, that can be a very frightening place to be. For others of us, it can be a very freeing thing to say, yeah, I feel like I'm being brought to a new place. One helpful way to think about it is um, think about a, a tricycle, you guys. Think about a tricycle, right? You've got kind of the three wheels, right? Up in front, you've got the, the big wheel. That would be the wheel of experience, right? The experience of your life, the things that you're encountering around you each and every day. The stories of others that you're interacting with. Like, Mosaic, let me say this. God honors your experiences, all right? If, if you find yourself kind of tending to a thought and saying, I sense that God is moving in this direction, but I'm not sure that this fits with some of the interpretations on top of interpretations that I've experienced in the past and that I've been told in the past, you don't have to fear that. God's not shaking his finger at you saying, uh-uh-uh, don't go there, all right? Now, as much as I say that, as much as that wheel of experience up front, think of the two wheels in the back then, realizing this, that you and I are not making this stuff up as we go. 
that we are a part of a tradition that has come well before us, and a lot of people have wrestled with the same things that we're wrestling with. But there's another back wheel then also of Scripture, that as we are moving forward with our experiences being pulled into new places, guys, enjoy the tricycle ride, right? Get on the tricycle, ride around, have fun with it. But let those two back wheels of tradition and Scripture also guide you along in the community together along with you. So there was the Pharisees who they did not want people riding around on the tricycles, man. No way. Put the tricycles away. That is not allowed. God works in this specific kind of way. And if you want to be a part of what God's doing, you need to line up with it. So there's the Pharisees. Um, There's the Sadducees. The Sadducees were the wealthy and powerful rulers of the day. They... um, They ran the temples and the courts, and they tried to align themselves with political power. Um, They really believed that kind of as long as they aligned themselves with political power, that somehow the agenda that God had for them would would kind of play itself out. Thank God we've moved beyond that. We don't kind of deal with that anymore, right? Um, There were the zealots. Uh, The zealots, man, these were the people who were like, dude, if if an ear needed to be lop off, lop off the ear, Right? If something needs to be said on Facebook, say it. Just put it out there. Um, That person needs to be corrected in the comment feed. I'm going to correct this person right now, right? I don't care what their story is. I don't have any time to grab coffee with them. I'm just going to lop off their ear like with this comment right here in this Facebook feed. Um, These are the zealots, guys. No room. No room. Like just boom, get them out of here. Um, and then there were the Essenes, this other interesting group of people. And the Essenes, they were, um, they just kind of like got together and they would kind of go out into the desert and make like a little place for themselves out there where they could just contemplate who God is and all that God was doing. Um, it's kind of be like the modern day, like, man, the world is so confusing and it's hard. I'm just going to like turn on Christian radio and get in my small group and tune out the rest of the world, right? Um, and it's safe here. It's safe here. So you had all of these kind of four different religious people groups taking place, but Jesus speaks into this this culture, and he says, look, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. There's a new way. There's a new way of doing this. There's a new way of being the people of God. And as much as you guys are trying in these other ways, it's not working. Jesus' presence, his posture, his words opened space for grace to do its work. Open space for grace to do its work. And Mosaic, that's our hope for us as a church, that we would open space for God to do his work. I don't listen to country music very often. Um, So sorry, country music fans. But if I do, if I do, um, so Casey Musgraves right now, love her new album, Golden Hour. If you hadn't checked it out, check it out. She has this song called High Horse. It makes me laugh every time I listen to it. Um, She says, um, everybody knows somebody um, that when that person walks into the room, like they kill the buzz, right? I mean, they just shut the place down, right? Everyone knows somebody who, when they walk into the room, they just kill the buzz. We don't want to be that mosaic, right? We want to be the kind of church that when we walk into the room, that people say, wow, 
there's something, there's, there's a depth here, but yet I feel free to share my story. I feel free to share my experience. And I feel like people are actually going to listen intend. And they're not going to come into the room and try to control it and coerce it and move it in a certain direction. But they're going to come and simply be present there. This is what Jesus was all about. He had a way through his presence, his posture, and his words to walk into a space and just make room for things to happen. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Pharisees, Sadducees, Zealots, Essenes, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Do this in a different kind of way. Jesus taught his followers how to be for, with, of, and in the neighborhood. Jesus taught his followers how to be for, with, of, and in the neighborhood. He wants them to move from unconscious busyness to a conscious habitation, right? That rather than just like moving through our days unconsciously, just kind of doing our busy thing, doing our schedule, that we would actually move to being in and of the places that we are living, conscious of what's going on here. What's, what's the temperature in this room? What's the story beneath the story in this room? What's the story beneath that person's story that I just want to label and quickly dismiss them? And do I have the time to actually slow down and tend to it, to listen? This is what Jesus wants to do. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus is, is um, moving through a crowd, tons of people around. Um, all kinds of commotion and busyness, but a woman touches Jesus' cloak in the midst of all of that movement of the crowd, and Jesus notices that someone touched him, and he stops to tend the needs of this woman. Conscious habitation. That's how Jesus lived his life. Very conscious of what was going on around him. John chapter 9, Jesus is walking along. He's walking along, and he notices a blind man. And what does he do? He stops to tend the blind man. And Jesus isn't afraid to get down in the dirt, right? He spits in the dirt. He makes some mud. He rubs it on the man's eyes. It's one of those stories that you listen to, and you're like, whoa, wow. Like, that, that's the yoke of heaven that pulls us into the stuff, the gritty stuff of earth all around us. Jesus is walking along, but he sees this man, and he tends to him. John chapter 4, Jesus asks a Samaritan woman for a drink of water. Now, Jesus, being a good Jew, taking his disciples through Samaria in the first place was not a common practice. So Jesus shows a new practice of going where Jews would not go. And let alone at that, Jesus, with all of these young Jewish boys, is now talking to a Samaritan woman. And Jesus is asking her for a drink. Jesus being very intentional in entering spaces and connecting with people that no one else would. Luke chapter 19, uh, Jesus notices wee little Zacchaeus up in the tree, right? Um, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm coming to your house today. We're going to hang out. We're going to hang out. And Zacchaeus was one of the the kind of hated guys of the territory, right? Stole from people. Um, yeah. 
And Jesus says, come on, I'm coming to your house today. A, a whole different kind of practice that Jesus showed. This graceful way of life mosaic that Jesus embodied, um, it was the way that graceless structures would be dismantled. This graceful way of life that Jesus modeled was the graceful way that the graceless structures would be dismantled. You don't defeat a monster by becoming a monster. You defeat a monster by displaying a whole different way of life. By displaying something completely different than what the world around us is showing us. This is what Jesus modeled for us. And the beautiful thing is this is, um, you know, so how do we do that? How do we do that? Um, and, and those are questions like churches are asking all along, you know, that we've been asking that for so long. Like, how do we do this? What's the method? What's the means to which this gets done, you know? Um, and if you're asking that question, you're, you're starting off wrong in the first place. Um, the, asking the question, how do we do this? You do it. You, you practice it. And you just step into it and you lean into it. And you'll do it wrong sometimes. And you'll walk away and be like, oh, I tried. I leaned into that one. And I don't know if that went anywhere. Um, but at least you tried it. And then sometimes you'll lean into it and you'll think, and I love it because um, I don't know if Cheryl's here or not. In a couple weeks, Cheryl's going to share with us. And I hope she shares the story when she shares with us, when she tells some of her story. She tried something where she leaned into something with her neighbors, and um, she felt like it was awkward in the midst of it. And she's like, oh, that didn't go so well. And then it was a few days later, her neighbors were like, that was the best thing ever. We do that again. We loved it. You know? I mean, how often does that happen where we're convinced that, oh, that didn't go so well? But then the people who were on the receiving end are like, that was, that was great. Thank you so much. That's the beauty of all of this. We don't have to conjure it up. We, just, we simply look for what God is doing around us. As a community, guys, let's do this. As a community, bring up this, this following slide right here. Um, let's grow in practicing rhythms of grace. Do we have that? Boom. Let's grow in practicing rhythms of grace as we become more conscious of our porches, our pathways, and partners. Okay, so as I wrap up, let me just share this. Learning from Jesus. Learning how to be graceful in the midst of a graceless culture. More aware of our porches. What are the places that you have? Maybe you don't have a porch, um, but you do. You do. Maybe it's just in a public square somewhere, right? Maybe it's a coffee shop, whatever it is. There are porches all around you, okay? How do I become more aware of the porches around me and how do I utilize them in such a way that I can actually utilize these spaces to get to know stories, to listen to stories, to tell stories, to slow down, to engage with what's going on around me in a a conscious kind of way? Um, Becoming more aware of the porches, becoming more aware of the pathways, all right? You're going to find yourself walking along. And just by walking a pathway, you're going to find yourself in a situation because you're going to become more conscious of, oh my, I'm walking this pathway, and just like Jesus would walk, and all of a sudden notice, here's a situation for me to lean into. You're going to find yourself leaning into it. I found myself in the midst of a situation just that happened this week. Just because we simply walk this pathway of Lincoln High School every week, 
I find myself in a real position to be able to minister to the Lincoln High community in a way that I did not see coming. And it was, it was, it was a difficult, awkward thing to lean into. But simply because I'm walking this pathway and I'm aware of what's happening, there's an opportunity to lean in. So what are the pathways around you? Who are the people on those pathways? Are you able to slow down and say, I'm going to lean into what's happening along these pathways? And last but not least, and most importantly, finding partners, guys. None of us do this alone. All right, we're not looking for lone rangers who are like, yeah, I'm going to go out there and like, you know, kind of change all the porches and pathways around me. Like, who are the people that I do this with? Who are my people here at Mosaic that I'm partnering with? Maybe it's a few. Maybe it's 23. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like for you in this chapter of your life. But who are the partners that you're doing with this with? That together you can learn from Jesus what it means to embody grace in the midst of a graceless culture. So who are we, Mosaic? Who are we? We are a community following Jesus in practicing rhythms of grace. We hope you hear that a lot in this next chapter at Mosaic. A community following Jesus and practicing rhythms of grace. Practicing, practicing. Sometimes getting it right, other times feeling like we're getting it wrong. But we're practicing it. And we're practicing it utilizing the porches and pathways and the partners that we have all around us. And we're just clear in the space. We're clear in the space for God to do his work, right? Um, we're going to move away. Maybe, where, where do you fall in the midst of those four groups of people? Do you tend to be kind of that Pharisee? You know, well, God, he's got to work this way. Like this, he's got to work this way. If he doesn't work this way, I don't, it's not him working, you know? Or maybe it's the zealot. Like, it's like, I don't, I don't even give time for God to work because, like, if I disagree with that person, I'm just going to cut them off, you know? Lop their ear off and show them who's boss. Um, or are we maybe just kind of like the Essenes who, yeah, have this great... Um, you know, kind of inner spiritual life, and we have these wonderful times with God, but we're not spending a whole lot of time in porches and pathways being conscious of what God is doing there. Um, so where, where are you at, and how is, how is Jesus inviting you out of that place, saying, come, learn from me, learn from me? In Mosaic, maybe you're here this morning, um, and you're just at that place like we talked about at the beginning where you're like, I'm, I'm still processing things that are happening around me. Um, I have a lot of questions. I feel like there's this journey ahead of me that's unfolding. Um, may you know that just as Jesus um, was very aware of what was happening in the people's lives around him, um, he is very aware of what's happening in your life right now. And so I want to invite Landon um, and Aaron back up, and um, as they lead us in our final song, how do you need Jesus to minister to you right now? Maybe you feel blind, and it's like, I, I just, I need to see something, and I'm not seeing it. And just like Jesus tended to that blind man, Jesus can tend to you. Maybe you just feel completely depleted, like the woman who reached out and touched Jesus' cloak, and she had been, she had been bleeding for years, and doctors were unable to help her. And somehow in that moment, she just believed that Jesus could make her whole. Maybe you're like Zacchaeus, and you know in your heart of hearts, man, I've been cheating people. I am a lying, dirty cheat. Um, but Jesus notices you. And just like he said to Zacchaeus, come on, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Let's, let's take a different path. Jesus is inviting you down a different path. 
And then as Jesus does the internal work in our lives, we're going we're gonna to go and we're going to embody grace in the midst of a graceless culture. So when you're ready, um, come forward to this table. And let's remember Jesus that night that he was with his disciples, even knowing that one would betray him. Jesus said, this is my body, I'm broken for you. Take this and eat it. And then at the end of the meal, Jesus said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. And so as you come forward, um, as you dip the bread into the juice, as we eat it, it's this very tangible reminder of Jesus' body given for us. His blood poured out that we, that we are forgiven people. Um, and we go out and shape the world around us. So come when you're ready, Mosaic.